0: Welcome to the Centerpoint Pentecostal Church Podcast. We hope that this podcast finds you well and that you are ready for a life-changing message from one of our outstanding and anointed ministers. If you like this podcast, please be sure to give us a follow and a five-star review on your favorite podcasting app. Now let's get to today's message. Verse 36. This is Jesus talking, Matthew chapter thir- 24 and verse number 36. I'm going to read really quickly eight verses, um, and so I'll get through it really quickly. Matthew chapter 24 and verse number 36. This is Jesus talking. He said, But of that day, talking about the coming of the Lord, knoweth no man, not the angels of heaven, but my Father only. But as the days of Noah were, so shall the coming of the Son of Man be. This is talking about our days. He said, for in those days before the flood, they were eating and drinking and marrying and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark. And they knew not the flood came and took them away, so shall the coming of the Son of Man be. There's going to be two in the field, one shall be taken, the other left. Two women grinding, got the meal, one taken, the other left. Watch, everybody say watch. For ye know not what hour your Lord doth come. I don't, I'm not here to preach about this tonight. Um, but it is imperative, imperative for us to understand that Jesus is coming back. I know we've been preaching it for years, but we're closer now than we've ever been. And it's important to know that Jesus is coming back. So this is what he said. But know this, that if the good men of the house had known... And what watch or what time, what hour the thief would come, he would have watched, and he would not have suffered his house to be broken up. Therefore, be you also ready, for in such an hour as you think not, the Son of Man cometh. But he goes on to say, and he talks about the end time, and this is what he says. When you see all of these things come to pass... He didn't. Jesus did not tell us all of that, what I just read, to scare us or for us to live in perpetual fear. But he told us all of that, and then he said this. But when all of this starts happening, here's your response. Look up, for your redemption draweth nigh. I know that the world's crazy and things are going on and everything seems to be falling out of control but jesus said the response of the church is when you get to the last time it's not to be looking around and worry but he said i want you to look up why are we looking up because our redemption is drawing nigh come on how many people still believe that jesus is going to come back and get his church But can I tell you, he's looking for a church that's looking for him. I'm gonna look up. I'm not gonna be distracted. I'm not gonna be cumbered about with the things of this world. I'm gonna look up. So for the next few moments, I wanna preach about that. I wanna preach on this subject, vertical vision. Vertical vision. Before you see it, would you lift your hands one more time and would you lift your voice and would you pray with me, God? We're so thankful for your presence. We're so thankful for your spirit. God, I ask that you would minister to your people tonight. These are your people, the people that you died and bled for, God. I pray that you would speak through me to minister to every marriage, to every home, to every family, God. I pray the Holy Ghost would help us tonight, God. I pray that before we leave, God, we would have a focus and our vision would be clear, God, and our eyes would be set on you, God, to be not distracted with everything that's going on in our worlds. But, God, I pray that you would help the church be ready and prepared for the harvest and you have for us and everybody say in the name of jesus come on say it like you name know that name is greater than any other name i wonder if somebody would go ahead and set the atmosphere come on that i didn't come to just go through the motions tonight come on i didn't come to play church but god i believe tonight you're going to speak to me You're gonna speak to my family. You're gonna speak to my children in the name of Jesus. Amen. Turn to somebody and give them a high five and you may be seated. There was a young sailor who was climbing up the mast for the first time. And after a while, when he got really high in the air, he began to get real dizzy. And he feared because he was scared that he might fall. He said, what do you want me to do? He hollered out to the captain who was watching from below. The captain replied, keep looking up, my boy. That was the answer he received, maybe not the answer he wanted. But he obeyed and soon lost his fear so that he was able to keep moving steadily toward the top. The captain's advice to overcome the fear was to look up. Because where we look oftentimes determines how we feel. It was some time ago I was sitting in a restaurant by myself. My wife always makes fun of me because I enjoy doing that. I like to just go to a restaurant by myself and I'll sit there and order by myself and just eat by myself. I just sometimes enjoy it. When you preach, you talk for a living. And so when you get to go by yourself, you don't have to talk to anybody but the waitress. And where does that sound? I love doing that. And so i was sitting in a restaurant by myself and that day I had my AirPods in and I was listening to a Zoom call that uh, one of our elders in our movement was teaching on and it was like I lost focus that I was listening to something and it was like the Lord spoke to me and he said, "What are you looking at?" Anybody ever had somebody ask you that maybe like in a rude way, "What are you once you turn somebody closer you said, "What are you looking at?" But it was like that day God posed that question to me, Drew, what are you looking at? Now, this was in the almost in the height of the pandemic during 2020, and so there were so many things grasping for our attention and so many things grasping for our time and grasping for our affection, and it was like God stirred me that day and said, Drew, what are you looking at? As I begin to ponder upon that question, I begin to ask myself, what, what am I giving my attention to? Am I giving my attention to the flood of the media outlets that are trying so hard and vying for our attention so they can pump fear into our minds, into our spirits? Is, is my focus on the latest trend of this world? or Are my eyes locked upon the temporary distractions that flood our life on a daily basis? I don't know if you know this or not, but we are living in perhaps the most distracted time in all of human history. I'll never forget when I was a new convert, I went up to our church prayer room. It has a little keypad that you can get into, and I was laying on the, floor, on the floor praying, and I didn't realize that there was a man in our church that had eased in, and so when I got off from the floor and I wiped my eyes, I went over to him, and he was an elder in our church, and I said, I right, Brother Ray, I have a question for you. What do you think my generation struggles with and will struggle with the most, he said, oh, that's easy. Y'all are so distracted. He said, there are so many things pulling for your time and pulling for your attention and pulling for your affection. And I have found now that I've been in the church for 12 years, that to be true. That's why sometimes it's, it's hard to pray without even looking at the phone. It's hard to pray sometimes without thinking about all the things we got to do when we get finished praying. And it's hard sometimes to focus because every day we are flooded with so many things. So many distractions that are prevalent in our lives. And if we're not careful, we will miss what matters most. Daniel, the prophet in the Old Testament, this is what he said concerning the last day in Daniel chapter 7 and verse 25. He talks about the Antichrist, and this is what he said. He said he's going to speak words against the Most High, and here is what the enemy is trying to do. He is going to try to wear out the saints of the Most High God. Anybody been feeling like you've been battling weariness in the last two years? I said, has anybody been feeling tired? Come on, like the enemy's not letting up, like he's fighting your family, he's fighting your children, he's fighting your church, he's fighting your family. I'm gonna tell you what the Bible says. The devil knows he has but a short time, and he's given it everything he has. But I wanna remind you what Jesus said. Upon this rock, I'll build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I want you to know if you keep fighting, you're going to win. If you keep praying, you're going to win. If you don't give up, you're going to make it. Come on, the enemy tried everything. But somehow you're still here. Somehow you still got your hands in the air. Somehow you're still worshiping. You're still praying. You're still running the aisles. Why? Because I got my eyes on Jesus. Somebody lift both of your hands right now and lift your voice. Come on, God's gonna help somebody tonight. I said God is gonna help. Somebody and I lift your voice unto the Lord. Daniel, all those years ago, through the inspiration of the Spirit of God. Brother T, he said, I can see the end times. And here's what the enemy's gonna do he's gonna try to wear out the saints of the Most High God. When you study out what that word wear out means in the Hebrew, it literally means to mentally wear away or to harass constantly. It seems like no matter which way you turn, it's negative. It seems like no matter which way you turn, it's bad. It seems like no matter which way you turn, it's bad where you turn is getting worse because the enemy is trying he's trying to wear us out but I want to remind you what the apostle Paul said be not weary and well doing, for in due season you're going to reap if you don't faint the reason the enemy's fighting you is because he knows you are so very close to everything God has for you but somebody's got to make up your mind I don't care how tired I am I'm not quitting I don't care how tired I am I'm not giving up I'm not back Slotty, I'm not getting bitter. I don't care what you do, I'm gonna stay in the church. So the enemy is doing everything he can to wear us out because you have to understand something. We've read the back of the book. We win. The only way you lose is if you quit. It's if you give up. In ancient times, the French people, they had this method of torture. That's how they would kill people, Brother T. They would take a man, they would tie a horse to his right hand, a horse to his left hand, a horse to his right leg, horse to his left leg, And all at once, they would let the horses go in different direction, And they would pull their limbs asunder and they would be killed and they would be tortured. And you know what they call that method of torture? Distraction. That's what we're dealing in 2022, where the enemy's doing everything he can to distract us, to get us to look here, to look there, to look at this, to look at that, why? Because we're so busy looking around. We're not looking up. We're not picking our head up. We don't have our head up. But I wanna remind you, get your eyes off what the devil's doing and get your eyes on what Jesus is doing. You know what I see? I see a revival in this church. I see a harvest in this church, I know the world's crazy, but I see backsliders coming home. I see family members praying through. I see people being baptized in the name of Jesus, but you gotta pick your head up. You gotta lift your eyes. Don't be distracted, God is working. Last week, we were having midweek Bible study. We were having youth service. When our security team members came in, told youth service and said, Brother Drew, make sure you tell everybody as soon as service is over, everybody needs to go straight home. There was a high profile rapper from our little small town. He had not long been out of prison. At six o'clock in the middle of the day, he's standing in his front yard. Two men come from around the house, ski mass on, and in broad daylight, they murdered a 24-year-old young man in our city. Wow. The whole city, it went into a frenzy. There were like five more shootings that night. His funeral was scheduled to be today at 1230. And everybody was so afraid. They brought in special, special agents all around. They had snipers on the building overlooking where he was, he was gonna, they were gonna have the funeral at the local high school and the auditorium. Cause this, where, this man was, I mean, he literally was famous known all over the world and they were so afraid that something was gonna retaliate. And, and they're having some kind of event tonight. So everybody's been praying over our city. But I want to tell you what happened. There are people, literally, I got a text message from somebody that says, I'm not coming to church. I'm scared about what's going to happen. And I thought, oh, dear God, why, why would you stay home from the house of God? Because you're worried about what may happen at a funeral you're not even going to. But I'm going to tell you, our city has, the, the last five days, they started calling prayer meetings. Brother Beard. they called us. We need to have a prayer meeting. Because I've learned when all hell breaks loose, people want to pray. But the beautiful thing about God's church is we pray when everything's good because we're trying to keep our eyes in the right place. But all of that's going on in our city. And you can feel the spirit of fear handicapping people. But I'll tell you what happened today at church. The worship team began getting the scene. My wife got up to testify about a miracle that God gave in her life. And all of a sudden, the Holy Ghost broke out. And five people received the gift of the Holy Ghost. You know why? Because we're not looking at what everybody else is looking at, we're looking at Jesus. Jesus, what are you doing? Jesus, what do you wanna do? I know they're all afraid, but their church is looking at Jesus. I'm telling somebody, it's time to pick your head up. God is on the move. Big deal, what the world's doing. The Bible told us it was going to be like that. I want to know what are we doing? We cannot be distracted. The enemy's trying everything he can because he knows if he can get your attention, it won't be long until it gets your affection. It's no accident that we live in a world of media now where we are bombarded every day with another news article, another shooting, another issue. Our world is broken, but we don't have the time to be paralyzed and look around in distraction and fear. God has called us to look up. Jesus said when you see all of this happening, look up, look up. Don't be distracted by everything you see here. The Bible says there was a time that Jesus went into a house, and there were two sisters there, one by the name of Martha, and one by the name of Mary. And the Bible says that when Jesus walked into the house, Martha, the Bible says, she was cumbered about with much servant. In those days, hospitality. It was a big thing for a woman to be hospitable. And so when Jesus walked into the house, she was so... Busy trying to serve. and She was so busy trying to do this and trying to do that and trying to get this and trying to do that that she missed out on the main thing that Jesus was in the house. And so the Bible says when she was busy trying to serve, There was another sister who was bowing at the feet of Jesus. She says, I know I should be serving. I know I need to be doing this and doing that, but Jesus is here. So I'm not gonna be worried about what I need to be doing. I'm in the presence of Jesus. And so the Bible says she bowed at his feet and Jesus looked at the sister who was so busy serving. He said, Martha, you're cumbered about with so many things. But one thing is needful, that when you're in the presence of God, you need to be focusing on Him. We can't even get so busy in the church that we're doing this, and we're doing that, and we're doing this, and we got to do that, that we forget. Our number one focus is our relationship with Jesus Christ. I said, don't get so busy serving, you forget that Jesus is in the house. That's why sometimes you got to put the microphone down. Sometimes you got to get off the drum pit, and you got to say, I'm just going to focus on Jesus. There were two people. One person was busy. And one, po- one person was just bowing at the feet of Jesus and said, I can't be distracted all the them rumbling in the house. Jesus is here, and Jesus said, you're cumbered about that word. In the Greek, is perispous, is where the English word come from, to perspire or to sweat, and when you look at what it means, it literally means to be distracted. He was telling the one sister, I'm in your house, but you're distracted, but your other sister is bowing at my feet, worshiping me. That is what God has called us to do, but we can't be so distracted. Well, what's the news saying? Well, who's going to be the president? Well, what are we going to do about this? Well, what are we going to do about that? What I want to know is, what's Jesus doing? What's Jesus speaking? What's Jesus going to do in my family? I know everybody wants my attention, but I'm going to give my attention to Jesus Christ. gonna Help somebody tonight. Paul said it like this: set your affections on things above and not things on the earth. Because, why is it so important to set your affection? Because your attention and your affection are divinely related. What you give your time to is ultimately what you give your life to. And what you give your heart to. And so Paul said, set your affections on things above. i preached it tonight about vertical vision. That you got to get your eyes and you got to look up and you got to lift your eyes to the hills for whenceforth coming your help I I know we're distracted I know everything's going crazy but what are you doing I'm focusing on Jesus Christ because he's still working and he's still moving and I don't want to miss it I don't want to miss it oh God I don't want to miss it pastor I don't want God to have to give the revival to somebody else because I'm too busy oh no I want to see it I want to see it I want to see it I want to share with you. It's amazing. It's amazing. The Bible penned all those years ago, it's still so relevant today. This is what Paul said to the Corinthian church, Second Corinthians four. We are troubled on every side, but not us. We are perplexed, but not in despair. We're persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down. But not destroyed. We're always bearing about in the body of the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life also of Jesus may be made manifest in our body for this cause. Yeah, everything's going on around us, but for this cause we fade not. For though our outward man perish, the inward man is renewed day by day. Then he brings it home. For light is our affliction. How is this light? because it's for a moment, but it's working for us an exceeding and exceeding an eternal weight of glory. And so he ends it by saying this, yes, we're troubled, yes, we're perplexed, yes, we're persecuted, yes, we're cast down, but verse number 10 says, or verse 18, excuse me, says it like this, while we look not on the things that are seen, Yes, everywhere I look, the enemy's fighting me, and I feel like I go this way, and I'm getting attacked. I feel like I go this way. I feel like I'm being persecuted. I'm perplexed. I'm cast down. All of this is going on. How are you making it? I look not on the things which are seen, but on the things which are not seen. For the things that are seen are temporary, but the things that are not seen are eternal. That's what the Bible says it like this. For we walk by faith and not by sight. I'm not just looking at what's going on on this world. My eyes are the world, I want to know what is the Spirit showing me? What is the Holy Ghost trying to show me? If there's ever been a time where we have to be spiritual, it's right now. We got to be filled with the Spirit and led by the Spirit and walk in the Spirit. The Bible says the Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long suffering to usward, willing that any man should perish, but that all should come to repentance. But this is what he says. He said, But we're looking and hasting. And to the coming of the Lord, nevertheless, according to his promise, we look to the heavens. We're not looking on this earth, we're not looking horizontally, we are looking vertically. We are looking up. God has sent me here to remind this church that you still have a mission. And Jesus said it like this Look unto the fields, for they are white already to harvest. I know that we could be looking at so many things, but I want us to be looking tonight at what Jesus is trying. trying to show us. Because if we're so distracted with everything the enemy is bombarding us with, we will miss what God wants us to see. Paul said in this life only, if we only have hope in this life only, we're of all men most miserable. This is not it for us. There's an eternity at stake. Jesus said in Luke 21 again, he said, men's heart are failing them for fear. Why? Because they're looking at the things that are on this earth. But he said, this is what I want the church to do. But when all these things come to pass and everybody's crippled by the spirit of fear because they're looking on the earth, what are we supposed to do? Look up, for your redemption draweth not. I want you to know, I believe this is the best hour of the church because the darker it gets, the brighter that light begins to shine and people are gonna start looking for a light. They're gonna start looking for hope. They're gonna start looking for help. Come on, the Bible still says, we well, are sending up the bound, grace, that's much more about, I'm telling you, this is our moment. As it gets darker outside, people in your job, people in your family, they're going to notice you're the light of the world. They're going to notice there's something different about you. And when the world starts groping in darkness, you know, they're looking for a pastor. They're looking for a lighthouse. They're looking for a refuge. We have to be that. But we can't be that if we're cumbered about with everything that's going on in this world, trying to do this and trying to do that. Oh, no. What I've come tonight to do in the spirit is to get you to look up, to get your eyes off the of things of this world and get your eyes on what Jesus is doing. I wonder if you could lift your hands right now. The Bible says it like this. What for? Hebrews chapter 12. Seeing we are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin that does so easily beset us. And let us run with patience the race that is set before us. How do we do that? How do we keep running when everything? in the world is trying to get us to stop throwing the towel and give up? How do we keep walking with God when every day there's a world and there's an enemy and our flesh wants us to give up? How do we keep moving when everything in this world down here is is coming against our movement to get us to not live for God and to not pray and to not be holy? How do we keep running? He said, this is what you do. You look unto Jesus is the author and the finisher of your faith. Now, I didn't come to preach about this, but let me just take a little pause right here and help somebody. The Bible gives Satan, the enemy, the devil, somewhere around 67 titles, the serpent, the dragon, Beelzebub, the devil, a liar, accuser of the brethren. He gives him all kinds of titles the Bible does, but you know what the Bible never calls him? The finisher. You know why? Why? Only that title is given to one person, and that's Jesus Christ, which means I don't care what the devil says, he cannot finish you. You know what I've learned? If you can just somehow get the strength to get back up, you can keep running this race. If somehow you can say the enemy knocked me down, but I'm gonna get up, the enemy cannot finish a story that Jesus started. Jesus is the author and the finisher. I'm telling you, get your eyes on Jesus. You can make it, you can make it, you can make it. I wish somebody was just stand to your feet right now and let the enemy know I'm not giving up. Come on, I wish there'd be a man or a woman that would rise to your feet and throw your hands in the air and let the enemy know I am not giving up. Come on, somebody pray right now. Somebody's weary. Come on, get your eyes on Jesus tonight. Somebody thought, thought about throwing in the towel. But when you look at Jesus, when you look at a God that robed himself in flesh and died for you, it gives you the faith to keep going. Get your eyes off the crowd. Get your eyes off the world. Get your eyes on him. Musicians could come. I'm going to close with this. I don't know if the media team could get this verse. Can you just get this one verse? Psalm chapter 5, and verse number 3. I didn't give this to her. This is why we come to church. Brother Tika, sometimes we come in and our heads down, our job's crazy, people crazy, hopefully the wife ain't crazy. Sometimes she might be, sometimes you might be. But life, it just weighs on us and weighs on us. And so what we do is when we come to church and pastor starts preaching, it's like the Bible says, lift up your hands and lift up your head. And the Holy Ghost begins to lift us. That's why the Bible says, he is the lifter of my head. Jesus is trying to get the church to look up. Don't let your hands hang down. Don't walk around with your head down. Come on, it's not over. I said, God's not done. God is. It's going to have the final say, but you gotta lift your head. Lift your head. Lift your head. Lift your eyes. Here it is. If you write in your Bibles, I want you to mark this down. If you don't remember anything else I say, I want everybody to get up in the morning. And I want you to go to Psalm chapter 5 and verse number 3. This is what it says. My voice shalt thou hear in the morning, O Lord, because I'm going to direct my prayer unto you. But I'm not just going to pray. I'm going to have the right posture. I'm going to get up every morning, Pastor. Yes, we're going to pray. But we're not just going to pray. We're going to look up. Why aren't we looking up? Because I don't want to miss what God's saying. I don't want to miss what God's speaking. I know right now the enemy is fighting some of your families. He's fighting some of your marriages. When I I had no what, no desire to preach this tonight. I don't know that I've ever just be one or two and it's been years and years ago but on the way here even he asked me what are you preaching I said I don't know I'll probably know when I get close to being there but the closer we got the stronger the word vision came to my mind and the Lord just kept dealing with me about it over and over and over some of you are missing what God wants to show you because you're looking everywhere else but we're going to change today and we're going to say God every morning I get up you're going to hear my voice I'm going to pray but I'm not just going to pray Pray. I'm going to look up. I'm going to look up. Thank you for listening to today's message. We pray that it changes and impacts your life for days to come. If you would like to connect with us further, give us a like on Facebook at facebook.com slash Church, or just search Centerpoint Pentecostal Church on Facebook. If you would like to join one of our services in person, The service times and address are in the podcast description. Thank you and God bless, and we hope to see you on the next episode.